The following is a hoop bowl presentation. What is going on? It is the Hoop Ball Clippers podcast coming at you on a Monday evening after the Los Angeles Clippers defeat the Dallas Mavericks. A little bit of revenge after losing by 50 to Dallas earlier in the year. The Clippers knock off Dallas 109-99. to We're going to talk to Law Murray of The Athletic. Yes, you heard me correctly. The man that replaced Yovan Buha, Law Murray, will be on the show today. We'll chat about that win against Dallas and a couple of talking points, obviously, to go over, including Marcus Morris entering the starting lineup in place of Nick Batum. Also, Serge Ibaka sitting, which meant a start for Zoo. So we'll talk a little bit about that, and perhaps could that switch be permanent? I think it might be. We shall see, though. And no Pat Beverly, of course, who continues to be on the sidelines for the Los Angeles Clippers. And last night, by the way, was not pretty. The Clippers lost to New Orleans by 20 We'll touch a little bit on that game as well, as it was a back-to-back that saw the Clippers lose the first one and win the second. For the Clippers, they continue their trend for the majority of the season of winning after a loss. I mean, they obviously went through that losing streak against Milwaukee, Boston, and Washington before the All-Star break, where they didn't get a win after a loss. But they did a nice job throughout the regular season when they did have a loss of bouncing back. And so it was good to see them get the win in today's ball game, so we'll talk to Law about the Dallas win, and they're going to face Dallas again on Wednesday. So we'll chat about the Dallas Mavericks, who the Clippers continue to have their number, which is good. And then there's a game on Saturday against Charlotte, and then you'll have Justin Wilson of LA Clippers Film. We're looking to have him on on Sunday, and we'll chat about that Charlotte game and look ahead to the week that has Atlanta, two games against San Antonio, and then Doc Rivers-led Philadelphia 76ers, who will probably be without Joel Embiid. Before we get to law, you heard me talk about hoopball and all the things that we've got going over there. And I need to tell you about the fantasy pass. If you're into fantasy basketball, you need to get the fantasy pass. The best deal in the industry at $4.99 per month. Now that we're in the regular season, zero commitment. Sign up for one month for five bucks. If you don't like it, you can cancel. But I know you're going to love it. It's nice to have that option, though, to cancel just in case. What does the Fancy Pass have? First of all, my favorite thing is the Hoopball Discord server, which is exactly like Slack. If you don't know what Discord is, and if you do know what Slack is, it's just a chance to go and chat with different people that have signed up for the Fancy Pass and all the different fantasy things that we have on our site. Pros, all the Hoopball pros are signed up on the Discord server, so people like me will hop in there answer your questions. There's different channels. One of them is Trade Advice. One of them is Ad Drop. There's a streaming one. All fantasy stuff that you need is in that Discord server, including the dis- this tweet storm that Dan does. He used to do it all the time on Twitter every single night. That's now moved over to the Discord server. So he and Adam King break down every single game every single night. Of course, we also have the streaming charts, the pickups, the drops, fancy appraiser tools, it's all there with the Fancy Pass. Please do check it out. Head to hoop-ball.com and click on the Fancy Pass ad just below the main media wall. And if you haven't signed up for the Brews letter, I don't know what you're waiting for. Aaron Brewski, our founder, writes an email newsletter. And in fact, the most recent one was an audio 
newsletter where he breaks down everything in the NBA. Exclusive content you cannot find anywhere else, not on the website, not in any podcast, not on social media, only in the email newsletter. You can sign up to get it for free. Go to bit.ly slash bruiseletter2021. Sign up in 10 seconds. Again, the site is bit.ly, B-I-T-L-Y, slash bruiseletter2021. Aaron Brewski, straight to your inbox. Enjoy. All right, without further ado, let's bring in La Murray. There were big shoes to fill when Jovan Buha decided to be a trader and leave the Clippers to go to the Lakers, and La Murray stepped into those shoes, and he has filled admirably thus far, and he joins us for the first time on the Hoopball Clippers podcast. Law, what's going on, man? Hey, man, I'm, I'm good, Brandon. Uh, all out all to my guy, Jovan. Um, he's amazing, amazing guy, so um, glad to be at The Athletic. Listen, you can call him a traitor. It's okay. You, you you really can. I mean, he he decided to. Uh, he's my teammate, though. That's he's true. not. He might not be y'all follow anymore, but he's my teammate. So, uh, yeah, I can't. I can't roll with that. That's true. That is true. All right, let's talk some Clippers basketball, man. Um, I'm really excited to have you on this show. We are talking after the Clippers beat Dallas. The Clippers lost to Dallas earlier this year by 50. And it was a game that I thought the Clippers needed to show up, and they did. I want to get straight into probably one of the biggest talking points from this game. And that was something we found out just before tip, that Marcus Morris was starting in place of Nick Batum. Curious to get your thoughts on the move, because Marcus had said that he is fine coming off the bench. Remember, (laughs) Nick Batum was great initially, and so he didn't want to mess up what the Clippers had. But clearly what they had recently was not good. And so he came into the starting lineup and he did a pretty good job. What are your thoughts on that move and whether you think it might be permanent or not? Well, Ty pretty much confirmed after the game that this was a uh, presumably permanent assignment for Marcus. And he also confirmed that this was more about Marcus than it was Nick. Uh, Nick, I think he's been a really good player for this team all season long. He's only started for for this team uh he's been this batum's been described as a glue guy a guy who can move the ball uh shoot with range defend on the perimeter uh has size and guile and has the kind of personality that enables him to uh be a part of this team's fabric uh, i think that was a big deal to not just batum as a as a player but his personality really affected this team in a positive way uh, Marcus, he saw that early, and as a guy coming off of a preseason injury that delayed the start of his own season, Marcus saw how Batum affected that lineup and was all for keeping that together as Marcus got himself back up to speed. Now, the rough patch that the Clippers have been on that's lasted really close to a month, I mean, while Nick's production has been relatively muted, uh, that's not really what was inspiring the change as much as Marcus's production was also uh, kind of what you it, it's been underwhelming. And Ty has been kicking us around for more than just the last 24 hours. I think a lot of fans, they'll see a move like this and think it's a reaction to the very last game or something like that. Maybe the last game helped push it across the finish line as far as a decision is made. But this is something that the coaching staff and and uh, Ty being the good coach that he is as far as player relations, he discussed this with the both players 
And uh, this was a great move to get Marcus back to the kind of player that he needs to be for this team to be at its best uh, this spring. It's interesting because if you would have asked before the season, it would have been a no-brainer that the starting five would have been Bev, Kawhi, PG, Zoo, and Marcus Morris. And then Ibaka obviously came in and Ibaka took over what Zoo's spot. And then you have Marcus Morris who was taken over his spot by Nick Batum. And Nick was great to start. I mean, he was really unbelievable, and he filled that role admirably. He was great defensively. He was shooting lights out from three. And we've seen that his production has just dipped of late. And it really did seem like the starting lineup needed a kick in the butt, and there needed to be somebody else besides Kawhi and PG that was able to score consistently. And it seems like that's what Marcus Morris is going to be there to do. And... The one thing I always kind of worried about, and I I really did like Marcus Morris starting. The one thing I did worry about, though, is that if you move Marcus to the starting lineup, then it could impact the bench negatively because Marcus is a guy that can go and score. And when you look at the bench, it's really just Lou Williams that can go and get his own bucket. And now you put Nick Batum there. So it's Batum and Lou and whether it's a guy like Kennard or someone like Reggie Jackson, when he obviously is uh, on the bench, or rather coming off the bench and uh, Pat Beverly is healthy, it just feels like maybe you move Marcus and your bench suffers. What do you think of the Clippers' bench today? Because obviously Reggie was starting, so no Pat Bev. Marcus Morris was starting, so the bench was way different than what we would have expected them to be. Well, you also have to remember Zoo started as well, and mm-hmm. Zoo was great. Zoo's a big part of that second unit. He's another guy who, as you alluded to, it's like no one would have been shocked if just for the sake of one season to the next, uh, the Clippers decided to start Zoo and bring Abaka, who uh, Serge spent a lot of the time uh, being a good fit in Toronto because he was amenable to coming off the bench behind Mark Gasol, who... Um, who pretty much exclusively started with the Raptors, uh, no one would have been shocked if it was like, all right, Ibaka's here just to fill uh, Harrell's role, uh, Montrez Harrell. But it makes more sense to start Serge Ibaka and to have more flexibility that you have with Zubats in the second unit. It's a lot of these factors as to why I feel like uh, tonight was very interesting to see, but significantly incomplete. Not only are the Clippers looking for consistency on a game-to-game basis, uh, which it's a great opportunity for them to show that when they're playing the same team on national television two nights later in Dallas, but maybe Serge, who was listed as questionable pregame, will come back. And if Serge plays Wednesday, that allows him to start with Marcus, and you get another piece of what this first unit looks like, but also you get to see if someone like Zoo does more in the pick and roll with someone like Lou Williams, something that they've been developing all season long. Um, and and so the bench tonight, Lou was better tonight than he was uh, in New Orleans. Nick Batum was outstanding. If you get look, if Marcus Morris had four threes off the bench, we would have said that that was a solid enough game for him. That's what Nick Batum did, and Nick added the rebounding. The versatility, he played the wing, he played in uh, lineups where it was him and Mook at the same time. He was obviously at the four, you know, with uh, with Zoo. So that the, the bench and, and Ty really didn't go to the bench that much. 
Uh, Terrence Mann didn't play that much. Pat Patterson didn't play in the second half. Uh, Mir Coffey only played, you know, the spot seconds that you get when, you know, it's the end of this quarter or, or half and you just want to keep a guy out of foul trouble. Luke Kennard, I mean, Ty was praising Kennard before the game and Luke got another DMP CD. Ty approached this with playoff type minutes to send a message. But there's a lot that's incomplete and we're going to find out a lot more um, in a couple of days. So it's really hard to judge on this game. I mean, because like you said, I mean, you look at the bench and you're right on the minutes. I mean, Terrence Mann played 13, and that was the third most minutes off the bench because Batum played 26, Lou played 25. And so it really wasn't a bench-type game. It was the starters playing a lot. I mean, Kawhi played 40 minutes in the game tonight. So it's hard to tell. Now, we talk about Marcus Morris and what he brings to the starting lineup, and we talk about Nick Batum. How well of a fit do you think Nick Batum will be with the bench when they actually do have a bench? Because this is not going to be something we see every single game. We're not going to see only two guys playing more than 13 minutes off the bench. That's not going to be, that's not sustainable throughout the rest of the regular season. How do you think that Batum will fit with these guys when he's playing with a Lou, when he's playing with a zoo off the bench, when he's playing with Reggie Jackson or a guy like Luke Kennard, how do you think he'll fare in that role? I think Nick will be fine because Nick is a highly adaptable basketball player. I think that's what we learned with him in the starting lineup. When he came to this team, you know, if you want to do roster parallels, then you're thinking of a Jamichael Green. And the way that the Clippers played last year was with a much more focus on interior play, but those interior players weren't as good defensively or really they weren't as versatile defensively. This year's been really awkward because the defense has slipped, but the pieces that they have to defend are actually a lot more flexible than the ones they had last year with Montrez Harrell. Montrez did a lot of energy things, but obviously when the bad matchup presented itself, Doc kind of got himself caught. He's like, well, I got to play the sixth man of the year. Uh, same thing with uh, really with this team. You've got a guy in Nick who's used to being out there with a center, without a center, a guy who's played on the wing, played on the perimeter. He's switchable. Uh, I think defensively, they're actually going to be fine. Your concern with the offense really comes down to the fact that Ty's not really interested in all bench lineups anyway. Yeah. This is a different Clippers team. If we were talking about last year's Clippers team, yeah, you'd probably be like, shit, they're going to mess around and play all five of those bench guys at yeah. the same time. I wonder how that's going to go. This Ty is pretty much like, I'm just going to do whatever works. He's going to switch it up. And, and with that comes with your stars. Everything you do is, what's, how's Paul doing? How's Kawhi doing? I'll tell you right now. Paul's got to be better. Paul has not really started this post-break uh, period. It's been three games, and he's really struggled with a shot, uh, struggled to score consistently in all of them. That being said, Paul's such a good player that he'll he'll figure it out. But the, really the key to the bench is what Ty is going to want to see from how Paul and Kawhi anchor, anchor those bench units. So when it comes to offense, they should be able to score because the right guys are going to be on the floor. When it comes to defense, it's about – how are those guys matching up with whatever personnel the opponent has for them to match up with? You're not kidding, by the way. 15 for 46 for PG since uh, the All-Star break. I mean, that, that's really bad. I mean, that, that's below 33%. And this is a guy that was shooting the ball really well to start the season. I mean, he was money from three. He was shooting damn near close to 50, 50, 90 when you looked at his splits. 
And so he has definitely fallen off. There's no doubt about it. And the, the one thing I think my concern was with Batum is that you may not get as good of looks when you're not playing with a PG and a Kawhi together because obviously the defense is collapsing on those guys and they're kicking out and the ball movement's ending up in Batum's hands. But to your point, you're always going to have a PG or a Kawhi most likely on the floor. And so because of that, it's not going to be straight up Lou, Reggie, Zoo, and Pat Patterson or something like that. I mean, you're going to have somebody else out there with him. And what Batum will do is he'll add another defensive veteran presence on the floor with that bench unit, which will be helpful. And I do want to talk on talk about Zoo because you obviously have followed this team for a while, but this is your first year really covering them as close as possible for the athletic. But you've been covering them for a while for other different sites. So this is not your first rodeo with the whole Zoo experience and Clippers Twitter and Zoo. Right. We all thought that Zoo was going to start. Ibaka obviously comes in. He was a great fit to start. I mean, the ability to stretch the floor and shoot the three added a whole new element to the Clippers' offense. But that being said, there's a reason why everybody was clamoring for Zoo to start. It's because of what he does at the rim, his rebounding, his defense. Is there a chance that Zoo stays as the starter and Ibaka's the guy that comes off the bench? Um, I... I would think that the chance would be slim because they've been preparing Zoo for a specific role all season. Uh, and they brought Ibaka in not just because, uh, you know, he gives them that element of a switchable defender, uh, a rim protector, a stretch five, if you will. Um, but also because he's Kawhi's boy. You know, Serge came out to L.A., uh, that's a that's a pretty significant contract that they gave him, um, and basically we're like, look, we're we're putting you on this team and making you one of our leaders, one of our one of our core guys. The other part of it, Zoo plays a ton anyway. Wait, I think it doesn't for someone like Marcus and Batum. It did matter. Eventually, it did matter. Like if you're going to jump start Marcus and you need him to score, you need him to get into it. Especially because I'm not a, a huge fan of Marcus's shot creating abilities actually I think a lot of Marcus's ability comes down to whether he's making the jumper or not because Marcus doesn't put the kind of pressure on a defense as a driver as a post-up guy as a guy who gets to the line as a guy who can make the right pass consistently um the same way like he is if is is the jumper falling I'm effective if it's not probably a difficult game for him with with Serge and with Zoo like it doesn't really matter as much uh, because you've seen Zoo finishes a lot of games. Zoo will play in the fourth quarter, whereas Serge will start a game but not play after the third quarter. And Serge is completely fine with that. The communication has been great there. Serge makes sense because what have you been doing? You've been practicing all year with a stretch five. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, they both express how much of a difference that makes. So, you know, I think that if Zoo winds up starting over Serge, something must have really gone wrong with Serge, to be honest with you. Um, I think the right role is actually for Serge to continue to start if he's healthy um, and for Zoo to fill in where he's needed. Uh, Zoo spent all winter basically uh, improving in that role off the bench, improving his pick-and-roll chemistry with Lou, improving what he needs to do uh, coming off the bench uh, being aggressive on both ends of the floor. Uh, it's 
manifested itself. Uh, you saw it tonight, double-double, missed only one shot uh, from the field. He's He's been great, um, and he's been great because he's got a coach that has put him in a position to be really good. Let's take a quick break from our conversation with Law Murray to talk about our friends at MyBookie. MyBookie's rep is rock solid. They've got the best odds, contests, and promotions in the business. Wherever you want to bet, my recommendation is mybookie.ag. They're the only place I trust to handle my NBA-related bets, Premier League-related bets, college basketball. March Madness is here, and we want you to make money. MyBookie wants you to make my, make money. The guys at Hoopball Gaming want you to make money. So they'll give out their bets, and then you can go to mybookie.ag. You can follow them. You can pick any game you want. There'll be prop bets. That's always there. Of course, there's casino games, blackjack tourneys. MyBookie has everything. It's simple. Sign up. Enter the promo code HOOPBALL. Get your deposit match halfway up to 1000 bucks. Head over to MyBookie if you want a little excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best. Bet with MyBookie. I feel like there's a little Doc Rivers PTSD because when you see starters and you you look at who's playing, you kind of are in a mindset that, okay, well, Zoo's not starting. He's probably not going to play very much. That's not the case with Ty Lue. I mean, Ty Lue is a guy that has shown that he is willing to adjust. He's willing to ride the hot hand. I mean, I, I don't think Doc Rivers would make this change, the Marcus Morris and Nick Batum change that Ty Lue is making. It just doesn't seem like... Doc Rivers was that type of guy, while Ty Lue, I'm sure he's going to do this in at least a 10-game stretch. He wants to see how Marcus Morris fits in with the starters. My guess is going to be fairly well, and to your point, they do help him get that better shot where he's not that one-on-one type guy. I mean, he has been awesome from three this year, and with the starting unit, he'll have the ability to get some good looks, and it'll definitely benefit him for sure. So, it may not matter, Law, in terms of who's starting. I think for this team, it might be who who's closing is the most important thing. And that may vary night to night because it's just going to depend on who has the hot hand. Is, is Morris better than Batum that night? Is Zoo better than Ibaka that night? Is Lou better than Reggie that night? It really feels like it's going to vary night by night based on matchups. What do you think? The closing conversation i actually think tonight was pretty encouraging on in terms of uh the defense uh they did a great job uh of of this look the clippers gave up how many points in new orleans 135 yeah it was and the turnaround the next night second night of a back-to-back against a team that had won 11 out of 14 and hold them under 100 like of those four quarters the fourth was the best one and really when it comes to ty uh, he knows how he wants to close. He wants that small lineup in the game. You know, he doesn't need a center. But tonight, Zoo was so good that it's like, we're going to roll Zoo out and he's going to finish his game. Uh, you know, Zoo held on, did a good job. Nick played <laughs> so many minutes in the fourth quarter tonight. And you might not have noticed because he didn't take a single shot, you know, but. Nick did a pretty good job, again, just doing what he's been doing all season, blending in. That's what a good defender does. That's what a good teammate does. Defensively, this was a very encouraging performance for the Clippers. But when it comes to closing games, they need better offensive execution. Uh, They got – Kawhi did a great job closing. PG, 
struggle tonight, but the threes that he hit were like, oh, yeah, that's why he's here. Because Paul George is in a, a fantastic offensive shooter when that shot's fallen. Yeah. Um, the problem that Ty's going to wind up running into is he needs to see if this team can get it done late with the lineups that he would prefer. And when it doesn't, well, you know, he's doing a good job not panicking and not like trashing uh, his his plans. But you don't really get to pick and choose when your team is going to be in clutch time. The team is so good that they win a lot of games and they're not close. This tonight was a good example of that. Never got really too close for him to see what his team's going to look like when uh, sphincters get tight, for lack of a better way to put it. No, that's right. Um, yeah, they can defend late. Ty wants to. Ty knows what he wants to do defensively, but that offense, you just don't know, and that's what's going to be an open question for the rest of the remain uh, for the remainder of the regular season. Yeah, that dagger by PG is just one of those things where you, you see that shot and you're like, all right, that's what you're capable of. You're yep, capable you're just of doing like, that. That's that's it. That's you can't even trip. That, yeah, that's what he's there for. Exactly, and it's just like, can you do that more often? Can, can you not shoot thirty three percent? Like you're supposed to be the one B to Kawhi's 1A. Let, let's see it. Let's let's watch it. Let's make it happen because this team can't go anywhere without him producing. And it's interesting you bring up the defense, and I was just talking to Shane Young last week about this. I think the most frustrating thing with this Clippers team is that they have the pieces in Kawhi, in PG, when he's healthy Pat Beverly, in Zoo, in Marcus Morris. They have defensive pieces that can switch. They can play hard defense. But then they just... Choose not to. They get lazy. I mean, Justin Wilson of LA Clippers film, he he was posting, I think, yesterday and also this morning, clips immediately of guys falling asleep like a couple of minutes into the game, leaving Lonzo yeah. Ball wide open for a three. Just not and it's the rot- best guys. Yeah. It's the it's a, it's the it's, it's it it is the leaders of the team. That's why Ty was pissed. I don't know if you saw any sound or any video or heard any sound from last night. Yeah. But like this is a veteran team. This is a team made up of guys with accolades, hardware of what they're capable of doing on the basketball court. It's disheartening to see that you need to basically uh Go out on a rant, show a box score with embarrassing numbers on it, like points in the paint allowed, and and stuff like that, more than a few times a season. That's what's disheartening. That's why I'm not like getting all up in arms about oh they held the Mavericks to 99 points tonight. Great, do it again. Yeah, you know what I mean. You mentioned Pat Beverly, Brandon. Look, the concern with Pat is I don't know if Pat can make it a month without something coming up with his health. Like that's yeah. just that's un, that's unfortunately been a major uh, part of his tenure. I think people understand what Patrick Beverly can do, but availability is going to be critical. Every single Clippers postseason that I've ever been a part of as a Los Angeles native. I'm from Philly. I'm from the East Side of Things. I've been here for more than a decade. I've seen I've, I've seen a lifetime of absolutely outrageous circumstances when it comes to the worst times for this Clippers team. Yeah, uh, it's bad. Pat's been a big part of it. He was part of it last year. You saw it. Yeah. You already know what I'm talking about. I don't even need to go that deep into it. So what do That's they do? That's the problem. 
what do you do besides pray, besides find an exorcist, besides uh, hope that you're not going back to New Orleans for a first round matchup and worry about the voodoo dolls that they can produce there? I don't know, man. Like that's that's your that's your question. And last year it was we're winner or bust, except for Paul George, but you're, we're winner or bust, and we're going to look to, um, you know, do whatever it takes to fit the roster accordingly. Uh, you know, chemistry, yeah, it'll work itself out. And maybe it would have if the pandemic didn't hit, but it did. And you know what? That's an extenuating circumstance that, of course, the Clippers didn't handle poorly. It goes with the, it go, it goes with the narrative, I guess. Well, this year they're doing something differently, and it's called stability. Lawrence, I, I, I wrote about it last week. Uh, Lawrence Frank has been really good with the midseason trade. I don't think that midseason trade is coming. And that is something that this team needs. This team needs to know what it's like to start a training camp, keep the core guys together, get through that trade deadline, get through that buyout deadline, and be like, all the things that we see now, we saw it together when we broke camp. That is something that the Lakers, for the most part, uh, you that that I'm I'm sure that helped them over the course of what wound up being a 12 month season. Oh, for sure. And that's something that the Clippers are really going to tap into. These guys do like each other. These guys do want to play for each other. These guys do take it personal when they don't show up one night and have to, you know, look each other in the eye the very next day. Sometimes that's a reason why this team is seven and zero on the second night of back to backs. I think this team. I hate chemistry questions and those cliches. I I don't like talking about them, but. You ask what to do. That's the answer. The answer really is, you know, to see what kind of what, what kind of pride these guys will have when they really need to show up. Uh, when it comes to injury, it sucks. What can you do? You build a twelve man. You you build a a, a rotation, a roster, uh, where you literally have to trust the next guy up, and you just hope that you know you can handle it at the right time. Can you go through a postseason with Reggie Jackson and Lou Williams as your two-point guards? You probably can uh, because the thing with Reggie, um, and I just talked to Reggie Jackson uh, last week. Reggie's a very interesting player. He's He's got athletic gifts even uh, after being in the league for a decade. He's got a magnificent shot. And he knows it. He's got a great handle and he knows it. I think people get annoyed watching Reggie because they remind him. Uh, they, they, Reggie probably reminds them of, you know, the worst version of some of the players that they hate watching. And, you know, it happens. The ball sticks sometimes. He doesn't play with a lot of force sometimes. But, you know, Reggie is a fantastic 10th man. And that's where I'm going to leave it with him, with Lou. Lou is so much more active with his hands and feet defensively. Tonight against Luka, he made a play defensively in the second half against Chris Stapps. He had Chris Stapps Rosingas, a guy who's given up a foot to in the post, okay? Not just a foot, but damn it, 10 years, okay? And he forced a turnover on that play. Those were fantastic plays. It's a different kind of player. You can do it, but... When you get to the playoffs, it ain't about your bench no way. It's about your starters. It's about your stars. They're the guys who have to lead one way or another and in multiple ways at the same time. So everything else is really just window dressing. You're In the playoffs, you're judged by your best guys. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I'm curious to see if they can make it through a postseason with just Reggie and Lou because everyone's clamoring for the point guard and – you look on Clippers Twitter, everyone's saying, well, Rondo's not going to do it. I mean, George Hill probably is that guy. I don't understand how these guys are coming up, Brandon. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Why are they coming up with George Hill, 
who we've seen George Hill in so many postseasons. Like, how you going to clap on the Milwaukee Bucks one year and then be like, yo, that's the dude we want, you know? <laughs> like, playoff Rondo, you know what Rondo's doing in Atlanta right now? And it ain't because Atlanta's the bad team. Like, Rajon, that that's not that's not helping this team. What, the Clippers need a guy who won't help uh, this floor spacing unless, you know, this mythical idea of his shooting that – seems to get better in the postseason. It's like, no, that's not that's not how it works, like, at all. If anything, I would like – if they're going to add a point guard, they need to add someone who can get in to the ball defensively, be physical. Um, even even then, it's like, what, you're going to take the ball away from your best two guys, yeah. you know, down the stretch of games? I don't think it's – this ain't 2K. <laughs> that's <laughs> basically where I leave that at. Oh, man. Dude, this has been great. I, I know you got to get – um, type in and write your stuff up for the athletic. Well, I, I ain't appreciate- writing a damn thing tonight. Man. Well, listen, I already told you. <laughs> well, I wrote last night. <laughs> they gonna play the same team in two days. We gonna see what it is after that. <laughs> well, you'll see if there's a narrative that you can uh, you can write about after that. Exactly. What am I gonna say tonight? Oh, they bounced back. <laughs> I already wrote that story, bro. <laughs> you, you wrote it every single time it. they lose, and then they win the next day after a back to back. Yo, look, team ain't won back-to-back games in a month. You ain't going to have me on a seesaw. We're going to wait this out a little bit. Oh, you're a smart man. You're a smart man. Dude, this has been great. I- I'm glad to have you on. I- I'm looking forward to uh, having you on more in the future because this is a great conversation. I appreciate you taking the time. Go ahead. Promote yourself. Where can everybody read you? Where can they listen to you? Where can they follow you? All of it. Hey, uh, I'm at The Athletic, so shout out to The Athletic for believing in me. Um, I'm doing the best that I can and got a whole lot of room to work with. Uh, so follow The Athletic, follow me, um, follow me at Law Murray the New on all your social medias, uh, including the ones I'm not on yet because, you know, things can change in 2021. <laughs> and look at that. It's a sneak preview yeah. for what could be coming Later on, Law Murray of yeah, the y'all Athletic. Gotta, y'all, y'all gotta let y'all gotta let me know if anybody's uh, creating any burner accounts. Uh, I don't do burner accounts, but I know some of y'all like to be imposters, so I'm gonna put y'all on blast right now. <laughs> oh man, dude, Law, this has been great. Talk to you soon. All right. All right. Thank you. First time guest, Law Murray. Hope you enjoyed that one. I did, and we will definitely have him on throughout the regular season as the Clippers go. For that NBA title, what is up ahead for this week? Justin Wilson of LA Clippers Film will be on the show on Sunday, barring any last-minute cancellation. We will have Justin on. We'll talk about the last couple of weeks, what we've seen from the Clippers, and break it all down. I know you guys love having him on. I love having him on. So we'll talk some Clippers basketball with him. And, of course, before we go, you've heard me talk about our friends over at Manscaped. COVID spring break right around the corner. You know what that means. Spring break in your pants. Manscaped is here to ensure the party in your pants never stops. Even Veronica Corningstone wouldn't say no to this pants party. For everyone preparing for a pants party this spring break, I have an exclusive 20% off discount. Use the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. I know that you sometimes break out those scissors. You do some crazy things to make things good down low. You also, of course, use a razor to clean up your beard. Whatever it is that you have, maybe it's a mustache, whatever you have. Well, Manscaped has you covered. Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the Essential Lawnmower 3.0, waterproof, cordless body trimmer, and a ton of other liquid formations, formulations, pardon me, to round out your grooming 
routine. It's the best trimmer on the market for those of you in need of a chest or ball shave. Their third generation fe trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. Don't ruin any vibes this spring break or upcoming summer with some peaking pubes coming out of your swimsuit. Inside the perfect package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant, and Moisturizer because we know how painful it can be when you're wearing a bathing suit all day. For a limited time, get subscribers get two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, which is a $39 value, and the patented high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped Boxers. Get 20% off and free shipping with code HoopBall20 at Manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor, always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping at the code HoopPaul20 at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. Use the code HoopPaul20. Say aloha to your new beautiful under area. All right. So, we'll have Justin on at the weekend. We'll chat about the couple of games that were Dallas on Wednesday and then Charlotte on Saturday. That Charlotte game, by the way, is going to be tougher than you think. LaMelo Ball should be really fun to watch against this Clippers team. Terry Rozier has been unbelievable. So that should be a fun game. We'll talk about that on Sunday. A big thank you to everyone for listening. Remember, you can always follow me on Twitter at BDMarcus. You can follow the Twitter handle of the podcast at HoopBallClips. Feel free to hit me up at BDMarcus if you want any certain guests on or if you just want to talk Clippers basketball. I am always here to chat. And if you do get a chance, please rate and review the podcast. It does help us as well. So, until next time, I'm Brandon Marcus, and go Clips! This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.